Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Filmmaking Sucks podcast. Where we're going to tell you about the lessons we've learned okay. while trying to do this on our own. The lessons we've learned while trying to do this on our own. Yeah. Sure. Excellent. I like it. That yeah. works. Yeah, so we're going to tell you about all the lessons that we have learned. Just today? Not today. Just along the journey of this crazy little... So it's not so much... Adventure called film. Okay, so what you're saying is... What you're saying is, it's not so much about the mistakes we've made. No. Although it is. I mean, mistakes can also, you you learn lessons. You learn from making mistakes. <laughs> so this, um, is the, this is the positive spin on things. This is the positive spin on things. But I think it's also that we're branching out a lot more. And, you know, honestly, I actually looked back at some of our older episodes. Okay. And, um, you know, we're doing a lot of uh, panels, conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, we're moving into having... Guests? Guests. Yeah. Um, well, by the time this will have aired, they will have heard from our guests That already. is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to start having guests. We, uh, we've been contacted by a couple other people that we're considering, you know, mm-hmm. working on getting yeah. for the show. So I just think it's, it's, it's more specific than just mistakes that we've made. Now we're going to be, you know, branching out and bringing in others' wisdom and knowledge. Okay. I mean, so lessons a, we've learned. Lessons we've learned. All in right. the adventures of filmmaking. But we're still going to keep this, like, that crazy honesty that people yeah, like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I want to try to hold some of these guests' feet to the fire, ask them questions that are a little uncomfortable. That's great. You can do that, and I'm, I'm going to play try. good cop. I'm going to try. to. You be now. bad cop, I'll be good cop. Okay. Excellent. <sighs> so we're still in, we're in post on Misunderstood Monster. Yes, we are. It's a little rough. Yeah. Not that we did anything wrong. No. We actually did this quite well. We've just, you've changed your vision a little bit. Yes. You've changed your vision a bit on the film, looking at the final, what we've shot, and looking at the edit, and you've changed your vision a bit. It's more, it, it's a, it's sort of coming from the performances. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they're bad, because they both kicked ass and they yeah. were amazing. Um, and gave me so much, but um, it was a little different than my original vision on my head, but this is a collaborative art yeah. form. Um, like and they say, you write one, you shoot one, you and then make one. Yeah, so now I'm making my movie in post. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of um, where this topic for this week comes from. Okay. Um, I did things a little bit differently with Misunderstood Monster. Um, All right. Because I'm not strong in the visual aspects as I'd like to be. Okay. So, um, and I think I was a little intimidated by taking on a comedy. Um, and, I, and I was kind of trying to understand uh, what this movie was. I'm still not entirely sure. Uh, is it a horror comedy? Is it a comedy? Is it a horror at all? I don't think it's horror. Um, no. But at the same time, Shaun of the Dead is called a horror movie. And, uh, yeah, but it is. But, yeah. You know, Shaun of the Dead is a horror Zombievers movie. Zombievers. Yeah, but, but that's... There's more blood. Is it the blood that makes it a horror movie? No. No. I think, I think that what makes Shaun of the Dead a horror movie uh, uh, as well as a comedy is the fact that it has zombies being zombies. Yeah. You know, they're still being zombies. It's but I still have comedic, a monster being a monster. But she's not being a monster. <laughs> she's sort of being but a monster. she's really not. She's being an annoying monster. If it wasn't for the horns and the fangs yeah. and the makeup on her, yeah. would it make it any different? Yes. Would How? Because you, after you decided to make her a monster, mm-hmm. you didn't change the script of the no, character. No, I didn't. No. That's what I'm trying to say. The character is still the same. Right. 
She just looks different. Right. So now it has a new connotation, a little bit of a different kind con- a little little bit of a different um, you know, feeling to it. Right. But she's not like terrorizing cities. She's not killing she's, people. She's not eating anyone. No. She's not destroying it. No. You know, you just I think I think you made the um I think you made the metaphor mm-hmm. of the monster a little bit more literal. Yeah. In making her a literal monster. Yeah. It's that daily monster that you live with yeah. all the time. Yeah. The monster of the banalities of life mm-hmm. and the, uh, you know, the symptoms. trivialities. <laughs> of, yeah. The symptoms of, of, of a girl on her period. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's that's it's. I think before it was metaphorical. It was a metaphorical monster. Like this is a big deal for women. Yeah. Every every month you go through this. I thing. mean, I would say it's a big deal. It's it, it can be a big deal. It's a very annoying deal, which is sort of the point of the film. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also something that that women do, kind of, in my opinion, anyway, kind of plan around as well. But we try to, but you, you can tr- never you really no. truly plan around it. But no, you really can't. No, it's when you, you try, try and plan to. around it when things go horribly awry. Yeah, but when your period arrives and you forgot, sometimes you change your plans for the week. Sometimes yeah. you yeah. Sometimes you just feel bad and you just yeah. don't. And and it and it does take over your life. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the monster you were. Yes. You know. Um, now the fact that you made her a literal monster is just kind of more toward your own personal taste. Yeah, my own voice and what mine looks like. Yes, that's yes. it's a very personal mm-hmm. thing. Your menstruation demon is, is your personal. It's but very personal like to a girl. The dead, okay, they're still zombies. Yeah, that's true. They're they're a more generic monster you know? and um, they, the burbs. Yeah, is it a horror comedy? Yes, because the neighbors are actually murderers. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. This is not an actual monster. This no. is metaphorical monster taking physical form to her and only her. Yeah. You know? That's why I don't think it's a horror comedy because she's not like actually terrorizing her. I don't know. It's very strange in, in, you know, you see it all over social media. What is a horror movie? This isn't a horror movie. This is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. All the debates that people get into, uh, you know, it, it, I, I'm not trying to open up the floor to that, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, Beneath, I kind of didn't understand. I mean, Beneath is much more of a horror movie because we have a monster acting it's like a monster, monster and there's blood and there's, yes, you know, all the. An actual. The, you can kind of check off a couple of check mo- boxes mm-hmm. for what makes it a horror movie. This has a lot less boxes checked. Yes. Um, you know, but then, you know, then people started referring to it as a dark comedy and then. Uh, then all of a sudden I'm at another film festival and I'm talking to, you know, a reviewer and I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's like a horror comedy, dark comedy kind of thing. I didn't see that, he says. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> we reverse everything that everybody else told me. And it, you know, it, it just shows that, you know, art is very, is open to interpretation. Yeah, it is. Um, but anyway, back to this topic. So this week, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because I was struggling with my own visuals and, and, and I really wanted to be more on point with my visuals because I had a DP that I was bringing on this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of pre-visualization. Yeah. Marketing development, sort of, um, because I really wanted to understand my vision. So I did a lot of, um, you know, I found a lot of reference photos. I found a lot of movies that I, I like, uh, you know, I found movie posters that I wanted to recreate. They kind of capture that 
buddy movie, imaginary friend. Um, so you know, you know, Don, you know, Drop Dead Fred, Little Monsters, Turner and Hooch, Twins. You know, sort of that buddy mm-hmm. feeling to it. Um, so we took a bunch of those. Um, okay. So that's kind of where I'm going with this week's topic. Is is <sighs> unfortunately filmmaking is not just getting out there with a camera, making a movie, shooting it, and then editing it. No, it's... it's that, is, <laughs> that is not the total sum of filmmaking. Mm. Um, you are making this for an audience. Are you just learning this? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm breaking it down for the people here. I got Because we know this. Yeah. You know... Um, but it seems like every time we make a movie... We're reminded of it again. Yes. That's what I think. Yeah. I'm reminded again, like, wow, it's really not just, Mm-mm. you know, a, 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 as as we get better at this, certain things we do become a little more second nature. Yeah. You know, where I, all right, well, obviously this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. But, you know, a couple, you know, maybe two or three years earlier, we hadn't considered no. that we have to do that. And no. I think that's... Um, I mean, I think that it's... it's. I'm having a bigger reminder this time around because I'm taking a lot more on myself. You mm. really did assist a lot from the background or from... Uh, I don't even know. Supportive role with Beneath. Mm. You know, and you kind of assisted a lot more. And you've I been... Think I'm more, I think I was more of a background role on this one. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of it... This you, was... This was, it was based on a lot of the shorthand that we have together. Um, yes, and then bringing was. on a newer person that I haven't worked with previously, yeah. you know, I had to do a lot more legwork mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. But I think it's also, you know, you know, um, you were a guide, is what I meant by background. You guided yeah. me through the process a lot more. Okay. Um, you know, so we're, you know, we're, you were asking a lot more questions, you were giving a lot more tips and... You know, and this I was, time I was a little bit more vocal on set too, telling yeah. you, "Hey, try this, do this, yeah. do it this way, try it that way." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It was a lot more handholding. Yeah, um, I don't even know if it was handholding, but it felt like handholding. I, 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 I it like felt like handholding okay. in the nice, in the nice way, not like the way that people say it now. But it was more like you know, you were kind of like, "You're doing this, you know. Let me kind of guide you this way," and then when you start to get. You know, when we were shooting beneath my perspective on it was it was your first time really directing. Yeah. And it was, I mean, like really directing where it was just you. Just me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and my perspective was, well, you know what? I'm going to be a DP. And as my job in that is to make sure we get the shots we need Mm -hmm. to get them lit to get them done, yeah. get them framed right and everything, yeah. and to take that off of you. Mm-hmm. So this way you could just Direct. focus on your actors yeah. for the day. And getting the performances. Yeah. yeah, because I felt like, well, it's 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 a whole short in one room, mm-hmm. you know, and essentially facing the same direction. It's, you know, 90% of the short is two people on a bed. Yeah, and I mean, it took a lot of choreography too. Yes, so and, I think and that's, that's what I wanted to let you Yeah, so you wanted me to help out. figure out the choreography and then, you know, you lent what you could and couldn't get into camera at the mm-hmm. same time and, you know, you kind of brought that, that camera's eye, yeah. director's, you know, DP's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. With this one, I, I, I really wanted to be, you know, because we were bringing Phil on. Um, I feel like I just repeated, like, that whole conversation all over again. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess with this one, I'm taking on a lot more of it, and I'm understanding now what it truly takes to get a film done successfully. Yeah. 
in a way. I mean, I hate to use the word successfully, but completed. Yeah, to get, a, to get a, a, a film completed to the level yeah. that we're, we've been producing at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, back to my original point. When you're making a movie, it's not just literally what you shoot in camera and then what you edit together. Mm-hmm. Um, there, There's an entire plan that you have to have. You you know, everybody talks about it. Everybody says it. We've even discussed it. Know your, know your audience, you know, and how does your film connect to your audience and how does your your audience find your film Mm -hmm. and these are all kind of things that you should definitely take into account when you first start out in pre-production yeah um so you know on top of the twelve thousand other things you're doing in pre-production between Mm -hmm. you know actors locations and uh, all that other nonsense feeding people bathrooms and (laughs) yeah there's i has to be like a marketing plan put into place Mm -hmm. so um and now, well, I want to let's be a little bit clear on that too. We're not even not even marketing as in like, you know, oh well, we have to we have to make sure people are going to buy this, and how are we going to get it on a shelf, and how are we going to get it in front of people? Mm-hmm. It's it's so much more than just that than just selling this damn thing. It's a matter of getting people to know that it exists. Yeah. Number one, you know getting people to understand what it is yeah. and finding that audience and getting them excited about before, it. Yeah. Yeah. Finding that audience. Yeah. And getting them excited about it before it's even released. Yeah. So this way, when it is released, they're already waiting for it. Yeah. They already know that, Oh, this yeah. is something I want to see. It, it, it's sort of like, this is where you start doing that legwork, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, you know, that, and, and, and I think it helps you make a better film. I think, yeah. you know, with beneath, I didn't, you know, I understood that I was making a film, for the Me Too movement and for women, yeah, um, you know, so that that helped a lot in the decisions that I was making. Yeah. Um, then now the, with this one, I same thing. It's, it's very similar, but it's sort of now I'm I'm looking for a broader audience. Yeah. Um, you know, and what I found with Beneath is that nostalgia really works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew that the setup that I was building to was going to grab the audience. You know, and as long as I nailed that, we were going to be okay. Um, and it was so, and it was so in the hive mind that the, I had trouble promoting it without giving that away. Mm-hmm. So I, this one, I really wanted to understand the film a lot better. Where I was so focused on that ending that I kind of didn't, yeah, have the rest of the film in my mind. So with this one, you know. Uh, we started working on a synopsis and a tagline and kind of had that idea in my head, which really helps me focus the story, understand what was really the important part of the story and to really focus on sort of the relationship between the two is really where that kind of led me where it's like, this is a buddy movie. And I wouldn't have thought about that until I actually sat down and thought about it and, and tried to find things that I was referencing. And it, it, having that clear vision helped me convey it to my cast and crew. Mm -hmm. Um, so not only are you doing, you're getting the legwork for your marketing done, you're also clarifying your vision. So definitely, you know, have an idea of your synopsis, your tagline. Um, I think we've talked about it before, but your tagline is sort of what goes on the poster. Yeah. Um, your synopsis is kind of when you enter a film festival or when you put it online, that little itty bitty paragraph. Yeah. That explains what the, your story is about. Well, the synopsis is more 
a breakdown of the story itself. Yeah. Synopsis is longer. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about is the plot. Okay. Plot would be that little, like, two or three sentences about, here's the, this is what the story's about, mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Your synopsis is more going to break down, um, it's going to break down the story itself. Okay. In this, uh, what was your tagline for Misunderstood Monster? Your tagline is? Oh, it's not your time of the month, it's hers. Okay. Your plot would be I'm still working on it. A girl struggles to put up with the frustrations brought on by her monthly monster while making through daily life. Okay. Your synopsis Mm -hmm. would then be more like um, a monster stalks through an apartment only to find out that it's... Uh, well, no. Well, not only to find out. Yeah. A monster stalks through the apartment and... A girl's evening is interrupted by the appearance of her monster, which turns out to be yes. her period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go and through... And she struggles to, to put up with her during the week-long stay. Again, that's still Too plot. short. Okay. That's still plot. Okay. Like, when you read... A synopsis is what you read on the... On, on the, uh, um, the inside blurb... Of a book, mm-hmm. you know, on the outside you get the plot yeah. summary, right? You know, on the uh, the back cover of the book is your plot summary. Mm-hmm. Your synopsis is longer, and that's that's those two thin, those like five or six paragraphs you get on the inside of the cover, right? That kind of break down the story itself, you know. Yeah. So your plot is going to grab the audience and make them decide whether they want to see, hear more about it, and then your synopsis is going to give them a little bit more in depth if that's what they want. Yeah. You know that's why they put that's why on a book they put it on the inside. So because some people don't want to read that, they just want all right. This is what the book is about. Good. Let me read it blind. Yeah. You know. Uh, so they they do the synopsis a little bit longer like that. You know, uh, films are the same exact way. You go to IMDb, you see plot, you see synopsis, uh-huh. and the synopsis is usually four or five paragraphs. Right. You know, uh, but those are for features. Yeah, they, you know? it's it, it, yeah, it's you unnecessary. For, for exactly, short. this is this is a ten or fifteen minute short. Yeah. So your synop- your plot should be like maybe two sentences tops. Yeah, and your synopsis should be like maybe a paragraph. Yeah, it shouldn't it, it shouldn't take them yeah. longer uh, to read my synopsis than watch my movie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, something else that I think to that you need to keep in mind mm-hmm. when you're writing it, and when you're writing your synopsis, and when you're writing your story, you're writing your script. And then you film your script. You're done. You look at it. Something I've noticed that some people we know have done in the past, especially for short films, this is hugely problematic for short films. If your synopsis has to set up the world before they even watch the film... You have a problem. You have a problem with your story. Yeah. You know? Um, everything your audience needs to know should be in the film itself. Right. So... If you're looking at your film and you're saying, or anybody's confused as to, well, what is this taking place in? Hmm. And now you have to give that as like an intro to the film, then you're missing something in the film. Yeah, Star Wars already did the scroll. We're good. But the whole purpose of Star Wars is that it is an episode in the middle. Yeah. Because that's exactly what you would have gotten when you saw a serial. You would have gotten a pro, uh, you know, previously on, like right. when you watch a TV so show. So if, if it supports the format or the or the, or the yes. feeling of your of your project, yes. that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But like, it, just because you're making a sci-fi film does not mean you need to 
Yeah, you shouldn't have to start. No. You shouldn't have to be like, well, you know, before you watch the movie, let me explain something. No, 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 no. 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 If it can't no. fit in a couple of words, like at the beginning of the, you know, the year is two thousand and thirty-nine, exactly. exactly, and you know, this has happened. Exactly. If you have to do it in your synopsis before, you know, yeah, then maybe you should just go back and put it in the movie. Yeah. So just remember that if you're reading something, if there's something that you're putting in your synopsis in your plot that's not in your film, then you've you've made a mistake. You've missed something. Yeah. Yeah, if there's vital information in your synopsis and not the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the issue lies. Yes. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So yeah, when you're in in, in pre-production, you know, you're going to focus on your synopsis, your plot, your tagline. Yeah. You know, have some idea of, uh, you know, it really helped me having an idea of posters because it helped feed the visuals that I was yeah. trying to get into production. Yeah. Um so when you're in production, it's funny because you had the idea for the poster. You wanted you wanted to recreate the little monsters poster. Yeah, and you knew that from the very beginning. Yes, this is what you wanted. Like, oh God, I want to do this shot. Yeah, and before we even did that, mm -hmm. while we were shooting, you we were putting up pictures. People were just posting pictures. You know, while we were shooting, how many comments did you get? Oh my God, this looks like little monsters. A ton. You know, so. That's case in point exactly there. You knew what you wanted the promotional image to look like. Yeah. And that influenced yes. the look of the monster in the end, too. It mm -hmm. influenced. Yeah, no, absolutely. All it, of it. it gave Beatrice the information of, of that. And we, you know, so she had that reference when she yes. created the monster. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Heather Buckley, Buckley had that idea. Yeah. And that idea of, of when she was creating the character of the monster. Then you had Heather Drew who had that information. Mm -hmm. um, and then even Phil, you know, Phil knew kind of where I was going yeah. with the visuals as well. Yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, so that was all great. So then as part of the production, um, one of the things that we did that was a little bit different is I did get promo photos. Mm -hmm. um, where knowing that I wanted to recreate these posters, we did a lot of time into our day, into a shooting day, mm -hmm. um, to shoot them in front of a big blank white wall mm -hmm. so we could Photoshop them all later and, and, and create yeah. these posters. Yeah. Um, so that's another great thing you can do during production because it's very expensive best, to bring everybody back, especially if you have makeup. Then. Yeah, the best time is yeah. to do it then, right then and there. Take 20 minutes, half hour at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Pull your actors aside in front of a blank wall yep. and just take a few pictures of them. Mm -hmm. Get some pictures because um, a big problem that you see with a lot of indie films, a lot of short films, oh, we see this all the time, yeah. is, well, you know what, it's not so much a problem, but it can be a problem. It can be problematic. I don't want to say it's a problem because it's not entirely wrong all the time. Sometimes it works perfectly. Yeah. But is the fact that um, when it comes time to make that poster, how many films do you notice? Now, everybody go look, go, go to the net, whatever your next or the last film festival you were at. Yeah. Go to the website, flip through the posters. How many of those posters are literally just screenshots from the film? How would you know? You know? Um, how you would know is something different. Right. But um, one way is you look at it and you say, well, I watched this film and I recognize that shot. Gotcha. That's one thing. Like, I recognize the shot. Yeah. I see it. Oh, this is just a, you know. Um, but another, I guess, telltale sign mm -hmm. is the quality of the image on the poster. Right. Okay. Um, 
we're going to go out on a limb. We're going to assume everybody's shooting 4K at this point. Yeah. Okay. Let's just, because look, 4K is still cheap to shoot on. Yeah. It's cheap. You know, I mean, it, it, half of us have 4K in our pockets. Exactly. So um, I'm not saying you should be shooting 4K. Mm -mm. You have to be. But it's almost standard at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that if you're shooting digital, you should be shooting. Yeah. I don't want to say you should be, but you should be. Yeah. You know, uh, simply for clarity purposes, mm -hmm. especially when you're at these super low budget levels, chances are you're shooting on photography lenses. You're doing, you're doing DSLRs. Great. We've done it. Yep. We've been still kind of are, you know, and you're looking for deals on good lenses. You got that, that, uh, you got that Canon Nifty 50. Yeah. It's a $110 lens. Mm -hmm. The one we have right now is the Panasonic uh, Lumix um, 25 millimeter. It's a 1.7. That's kind of the equivalent of the Nifty 50. Right. Okay. Uh, now you get these because, hey, we're making horror movies mm -hmm. and you want that good wide open iris. Yeah. Beautiful. So this way we could shoot in low light. Right. Problem there is when you take these lenses and you open them all the way up, mm -hmm. you lose clarity. That it's almost too much light for them to get for the lens to get detail. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Um, that nifty 50 at a 1.8 opened all the way up. Yeah. yeah. You're shooting in the dark, but you can't get that sharp, clear focus out of it. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at it on a big screen, like why is everything look a little fuzzy? It's not bad. It doesn't look bad. No. It just looks fuzzy. Yeah. And, until you've seen the difference between that and a really properly lit shot, like you can shoot in the dark and have and still have plenty of lights running there and just turn the lens down, close that lens up a bit. You'll see the clarity then of the same exact shot, just more lenses, more lights in it. Turn that lens down. That 1.8 nifty 50, you get that little bit of fuzz in there. Take that same thing. Throw two or three lights into the scene and turn that lens down to a 3.5 mm -hmm. and you will get the same level of light and darkness, but super clear, super crystal clear. And you're not fighting with that suit, with that ridiculously shallow focus where your actors move two inches too far and you yeah. lost them. Right. And now you have to try to fight to fight because the other thing is too, these are photography lenses. Mm -hmm. Big difference between photography lenses and cine lenses is the size of the gear, the gear motion itself. Those photography lenses, little tiny, yeah. little tiny tap, yeah. and it changes and it shifts the focus drastically. Cine lenses have that large gear on them, so you it takes, you really have to spin it right to lose focus on something. Right. So once you it's get a, that, it's a lot more delicate of a. It's less delicate. Less delicate. Yes. yes, it's less delicate. Yeah, it, it, it gives a much wider berth yeah. for dialing in your focus, you know? Because so, it's made to capture movement. Exactly. Because yeah. you yeah, you're only capturing that one image at once and yes. nobody's moving or anything. Exactly. Yeah. So when you open it all the way up, um, on a on a photography, on, on when you're taking a picture, you can get a crystal clear image because it's taking all the light from the scene and turning it into and sticking it into one single frame. Yeah. You know, when you're doing video, it's not you're not snapping and stopping the light coming in from at some point. So this light is just constantly flooding in. Hmm. You know, and that's creating a larger motion blur as well. Right. And that's also adding to that fuzziness of the non-sharp 1.8, you know? Um, the next thing is, again, 
assume we're shooting 4K. Right. Great. You're shooting 4K. Excellent. You're now shooting horizontally mm -hmm. on what is essentially on what is essentially nine megapixel image. All right. Okay. Um, fine. But if you take that same camera, switch it to photography mode, mm -hmm. you're probably going to get at least 18 megapixel out of it. Oh, wow. That's you know? like twice. Yes. Well, it's actually more than that. It's more, it's a little, it's a little bigger than that. Oh my God. 4K is essentially nine megapixel. It's just under nine megapixel. All right. Um, but as I said, your nine megapixel image now, you're going to take an image from your, from your film, mm -hmm. your actual, you know, an actual still from it. Right. And your nine megapixel image is horizontal. Right. Because that's how you make a movie. Your poster is vertical though. Right. So you're now taking a sliver of that nine megapixels. Mm -hmm. You're taking, um, I'm going to say a third of that. Right. So three or three to four tops megapixels of your nine megapixel image, you're actually going to use vertically. Right. Okay. That creates a problem now because um, now you have to take that image and you have to edit it. You have to take that vertical shot right. and you have to edit it. You have to change your colors. You got to make them brighter. You can make them darker. You got to you got to do whatever you got to do to make your to make your poster image right. out of it. Take that camera, switch it to photography mode, and take a few pictures. Right. And you're going to get more than likely a, a good 18 megapixel image, possibly higher, depending on what your camera is right. is doing, okay? Because the difference between Because you're removing the video capabilities and yes, freeing up more of it to, to focus on the image? Um, yeah, the difference is here is uh, um, when it comes to photography versus video. Mm -hmm. um, video, a larger pixels are better. For photo for photographs, smaller pixels are okay. Better. That makes sense. Okay, so that's why you're 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 shooting. You're taking the same sensor and shooting four, and it's only nine megapixel for video, but eighteen megapixel for photos. Because for photographs, you want those smaller pixels, so this way you can modify the smaller details. You can exactly you can get more detail out of your image. Cuz people are going to be focusing more on the video of the movement within the video and the the still you only well, have that Yes. Uh, exactly, it's a single image. Yeah. And also the larger the megapixel. Mm -hmm. The the larger the megapixel. The larger the pixel itself, the more light each pixel gets. Mhm. Mm you need more light so that you can get that sharp, clean, crisp image. Okay. So you want larger pixels to take in more light. Mm -hmm. Okay. Picture uh, pixels. Imagine your pixels like a screen. Right. The screen on your window. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tiny, tiny, tiny little image. Those tiny, tiny, tiny little little squares in there. Each yeah. one of those is a pixel. Right. Okay. Um, if you have smaller and smaller and smaller ones, mm -hmm. you're going to get less light through it because there's more... Blocking. There's more of those little... Yeah, there's more... Lines more Lines separation in. between them. You know, right. you're going to get more... You're going to get less light in them, you know? Um, so that's how the video would work. You're mm. going to get less light through each one of those little dots. Right. You know? Um, I don't think it's a very good analogy for photography. No. Because you're getting more. But at the same time, you're also getting a larger image too. Yes. So you're getting more 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 pixels, but you're getting a larger image. Right. 
you know, um, which is what you want with photography. Well, you're also doing a lot more delicate work with photography, like where you're doing a Photoshop and you're like smoothing out a face. Well, unless you're going into color grading, then you have a whole other. Subject. Well, yeah. But the thing is, you're not taking into account motion blur. Right. Motion blur adds a lot of noise to your image to begin with. Like if anybody, you ever taken a photo of somebody actually moving yes. and you got that funky arm that's like yeah, multiple blurs. Yes, yeah. exactly. You're losing that in the film because you're getting all those different frames of that movement. Right. But when you take a single frame, you see it again. There right. it is. There's yep. that motion blur. Yep. You know? Because a single there. frame can only capture one thing. Exactly. Now, when again, when it comes to photography, it's taking a single image. So every bit of every bit of light in that room is going into one single frame. Right. You know, this is and and it's closing the shutter when it's done. The shutter's not closing. This is staying wide open. Yes. So the light just kind of gets distributed all over the place inside the lens and going through the lens and onto the sensor. The light gets distributed kind of all over the place because it's not single still at a time. Right. You know. Um, I believe raw video is kind of changing that because it literally is a series of still images. Mm -hmm. You know, raw is raw video is changing that and it's making it. So if you guys are shooting on a red, this may not apply to you. <laughs> if you're shooting on a red, uh, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, you you're shooting on a red. If you have a red, you still haven't made your first movie. You know, that's true. <laughs> You, know, you have a red and you're, you know, call us. Call us if you're if you're looking <laughs> you for work. You have a red and you haven't made a movie. Call us. Yeah, uh. yeah. If you just want to maybe understand how a movie's made, just come on down. Bring your camera. Mm-hmm. We'll shoot some stuff. With we'll you. shoot some stuff and walk you um, through it. So, uh, I, all right. So anyway, my explanation is kind of all over the place, and I'm I'm sure that I've got a couple of small facts here and there wrong, and a, but whatever. The point is... This is called is, filmmaking sucks. Yes. So explanations yeah. suck as well. Is, the point is, um, you most likely have an 18 megapixel camera in your pocket. Right. You know? So you're, you're essentially you're, taking an image that was created for video, you know, and trying to shove it into, into a photograph. Precisely. Okay. And the fact that you're shooting horizontal, then you're yeah. turning it into a vertical poster. It's warping the image and, you're, and you you're, don't have the same quality. And Yeah. Yeah. You're losing... And then if you Photoshop anything behind... I'm sorry. No. Well, no, if you're Photoshopping something, uh, you know, for your poster, most likely you're Photoshopping something behind it or putting some sort of background. And, you know, the the, the, the difference between the two qualities would be you obvious. Need, you need a bit. You need more more information in your image in order to remove things from your image. OK. You know, and a lot of this is also important for for promotional kind of marketing stuff where, you know, you're talking about flyers, you're talking about T-shirts, you're talking about all this other stuff. The quality of the images really matters, especially yeah. when you're printing it. Mm hmm. That's another aspect I didn't even think of right now. Um, you're talking um, video mm -hmm. is 72 DPI. Right. 72 pixels per inch. Right. Printing is 300. Yes. Per inch. And even screenshots is 150. Like uh, for, the, for, the, for the screen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that, that also, that depends on your monitor settings too. Yeah. Yeah. Your monitor said you have an old monitor, you have an old standard monitor that's 72. Yeah. You know? So, um, so that's the other thing too. When you take that image now, um, you're talking about this, you know, nine megapixel image mm -hmm. that you're cropping by a third with, that's only 72 DPI. Right. 
Okay, you try to print that out, you're going to get a much smaller image out of it. You're going to get yeah. a very small image out of that, and it's going to be very clear the difference between the qualities of like whatever you put in behind. Because you're creating that at 300, yeah. and then now you're taking the 72 and adding pixels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Now we're not obviously we're not printing. No. Advertisements for the side of a building. No. We're not doing these sorts of huge things out of it, you know? Um, maybe most postcards, people, maybe 11 by 17s. Yeah. You know, that's maybe really, maybe a large poster for if we, well, you yeah, do you film festivals. Couple, yeah. Exactly. You make a couple copies to have them on a, on a thing at a festival and stuff, you know? So you're not, you don't have to worry too much about it. Right. But. But there's a lot of best poster competitions in, in film festivals, too. That's also design. Yeah. That's a design thing, too. But it's more, I'm not even talking about that so much. It's more, it makes it easier on you when you're creating it. Yeah. When you're making the poster image, um, like, specifically, we wanted to do the little monsters thing. We stood them in front of a white wall. And unfortunately, we were rushed. Yes. You know, we, we were kind of rushing through it. We only put, like, one main light on them. So there was a very hard shadow behind them. And I had to cut that shadow out now. Yeah. Because... And then for the challenges, we have a furred vest. <laughs> with individual little hairs. I actually had to recreate all of that fur. Yeah, yeah. I had to recreate all that fur because the black fur of the vest kind of blended into the heavy, hard black shadow behind them. Right. You know? So when you guys see this poster, you're, you're going to, wow, look at that. It's an awesome picture. The fur on the, <laughs> the fur around her vest totally done in post yeah i did all that myself i had to find i had to use you know specific you know photoshop brushes that looked like fur and then i had to match the color and the texture and everything and although it looks like it's a plain black vest with a little bit of fur there is actually layers of texture yeah. to create all the different layers of fur so it looked natural mm -hmm. the, just cre just recreating the fur itself in one image took me about 45 minutes yeah you know, and we're talking about just her shoulders and the side. Anyway, we're rambling. We're rambling. We're, yeah. Um, so other important things is not yeah. just your poster. Uh, you know, other things that you should be focusing on um, behind the scenes photos and um, production stills. Mm -hmm. And everybody, you know, I guess people think that these are the same thing and they can kind of be seen as the same thing. But it's, it's sort of it's sort of the uses where, you know, we're living in the age of, of social media. And, you know, you're, I, what I call behind-the-scenes photos is stuff that you're going to be sharing on that. You know, if you're doing a cool camera shot, get a, get a little video of it. Um, if you got some cool composition, take a photo of it. Behind-the-scenes is kind of when you can see the crew. Yes. Okay. You can see Just the creation of it, specific yeah. Specific definition. Yeah, and Behind-the-scenes, you can see the crew itself. Yeah, you can see the crew, you can see the art of the creation. Um, you know, which is big because people love seeing that kind of stuff. You know, then How you big, yeah. you can if you get your camera in the shot, you can tag you the specific camera manufacturer that you're that using. Shot of taking a picture yeah. of the camera, videoing the scene. scene and get the yeah, it's a cool shot. Um, so yeah, I mean, these are all things you have to be thinking about while you're also making a movie. Um, production stills are stuff that, what I mean, how I kind of see them being used are, especially for film festivals. When you're submitting to film festivals and you're creating your film festival page, mm -hmm. you know, this is actually like very nicely composed images. The way bigger budget films do it is once the actors are done with the scene, mm -hmm. once we're done shooting the scene, um, they actually let the actors replay the scene yeah. without the camera, without the sound, and the photographer comes in and literally takes pictures from the angles where the camera was and the angles where the camera wasn't right. of them doing the scene. Right. And those are 
that's how you get shots of them from they're not actually taking stills from the camera yeah. and creating you know, promo images out of it. There's a separate photographer on set taking pictures of the actors doing the scene. No, this is not how we do that. I mean, that's how it's properly done. I mean, we've, yes. we've had a friend of ours, uh, Sarah, who we've talked about a number of times. Um, she does all our behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, so she'll actually does it. She does it more for during rehearsal. Yeah. So she'll snap photos during rehearsal, and she'll get a combination of both behind the scenes as well That's as production That's a good way of doing stills. it too. Let them go. Let them do do it during during rehearsal. Yeah, you're going through your you know your blocking, and let your mm -hmm. let a photographer or just somebody with a cell phone, for yeah. God's sake, take pictures while they're rehearsing and get the actors doing the scene. Mm -hmm. You know, more or less, try and do it more or less from the areas where the camera is. So this way, so this way, you're behind the scene. Your 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 production stills look like the finished product right. look like the shots that you're actually going to be getting in the, in the scene. And to our, you know, larger budget listeners, mm. um, you know, if you have a well-known name, if you have somebody with a social media following, if they're on set only a couple of days, it might be worthwhile bringing somebody in to focus on oh, that man. alone. Do I wish we had more, more pictures of Aaron? Aaron yeah. Oh man. You know, I, I mean, I mean, honestly, her following didn't blow the movie up, No, you know, but every single one of the pictures we have on there, people who are following our page, I'll wake up and have 20 or 30 yeah. notifications on my Facebook. And I'm wondering, what is all this? And it's literally one of her fans who just went down every single picture and liked them all and shared a couple, yeah. you know, and saved a couple. And I go back to their page and they've got it. They've got an image from us on on their banner page, on, the, on their, yeah. you know, their profile uh, uh, cover photo or something like that, you know? Oh, another great use that we've, we found with Misunderstood is, um, you know, after we shot at the bar that they shot Goodfellas in, mm -hmm. um, you know, we wanted to capture, we just, you know, it happened to be our, our uh, you know, our demon stepped outside, our monster stepped outside, and, um, you know, she, somebody took a picture of her, you know, just standing there. So yeah. we actually just took the minute and we took a bunch of photos. We got the name of the bar, we got the, you mm -hmm. know, the bar's name in there. You know, and uh, we we were able to share that with the location. The location, you know, he sends out a newsletter to the community, yep. and so we sent him a bunch of photos that he could share with the community. Mm -hmm. uh, New York Chips, who gave us product placement, we yep. sent them a ton of photos, and they created this amazing ad of our monster eating their chips, mm -hmm. um, which is hilarious. But the, you know, another thing that you you could be focusing on is mm -hmm. sort of those 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 favors that people gave you. Yeah. Doing a nice photo for them as a simple thank you so that you, they can share your product or their location. Something that they can kind of, you know, share with their own people. And something else to think, too. Um, if you've already got an idea for your poster mm -hmm. and your film's logo, the title, yeah. in, the title, what it's going to look like in the final poster, put that on all your pictures. Mm -hmm. Put it in the bottom. So this way those fans, like the Aaron Brown fans who, who saw it, now they're sharing that image. But anybody who sees the image and doesn't know where he got it from, just sees an, a picture of her, doesn't know the movie it's from. Right. Now, in a larger budget film, whatever. You know, you're going to know. But uh, marketing is marketing is so, so important. Yeah. Um, if you're going to, if something like that is going to happen, you want everybody who sees that. When people share it, you want everybody who sees it. You want your company it. logo on there, too, as Anyone, well. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. 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 You know, the, again, but this is also a matter of taste if you don't yeah. want to just share, you know, but it's it's like a watermark. Mm -hmm. Photographers have watermarks. Yeah. When you share their share their picture, they get very upset when you remove their watermark because yeah. they want people to know who took that picture. Right. You want people to know where this picture is from, yeah. and it's from your movie. Yeah. So maybe think about putting 
putting that logo on every, being very specific about which photos you put on your Facebook pages or your Twitter pages or whatever, and have each one of them have just a little logo right at the bottom of what the name of the movie is, or even just simply the website, like mm -hmm. a watermark. Yeah. So this way, anybody who sees that photo at least sees it at the at the bottom. Right. Maybe two percent of those people who see it will, will actually go to it. that. But if you get fifty thousand shares, yeah, of one of your images. Let's say you mm -hmm. have somebody that's, you know, that, that people like, uh, that know or recognize in your film. You get 50, 100,000 shares of that. 200 people of 100,000 shares, you're going to have about 200 people, maybe, you know, that are going to now go to that website. But, well, what is this? What is this project? I yeah. want to see what, the, what this is from. Yeah, no, another great thing, too, is when you're sharing all of this stuff on social media and creating this for social media, um, creating a hashtag, mm -hmm. where now when you get to, the, you know, post-production and to film festivals and, and, and that sort of thing, you know... Now you've been using this particular hashtag for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. So now there's actually a following. There's actually like, you know, people who are sharing it. There's a history for this hashtag. You're not just starting from 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 the ground yeah. up when you when you finally get yeah. to that when point. When people go to your festival, go to the festival and they see your movie and they search your hashtag, there's 6 months worth of yeah, I mean, history like, to this. Yeah, I think when I finished the first the, the the script from the minute I took a picture of that title page the hashtag happened. Misunderstood monster. Misunderstood yeah. monster. Put it on when, every post. Yeah. Then, you know, when I when I did the script breakdown, when I, you knew, so it's literally inviting people to take this journey with you through mm -hmm. the entire creation of your film. It's getting them excited about the film. You know, it's creating a history on social media, yeah. you know, um, and then it's, it's already created by the time that you have your cast and crew because that's the other thing you don't ever think about is, you know, Film is hurry up and wait. So you have a mm -hmm. bunch of people on your set who are sitting around doing nothing. If they know that there's a hashtag and there's something that they should be doing, yep. then now you're you're creating, you're just making it bigger because now your people know to use this particular hashtag when talking about this project. Yeah. Because a lot of times somebody will call something different, they'll spell it differently, you know, mm -hmm. and and then you know you're all over the place. And like now, we, like we did with Data States, we changed yeah. the title. Now all the yes. old hashtags have in the shadow the of the imp. imp. Useless. Useless now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, these are all great things you should be thinking about uh, moving towards post. Um, I mean, post is pretty, I mean, this is where the bulk of your marketing is. It's pretty straightforward in what you're doing. Because at this point now in post, you have, you're going to have a good couple of months where nothing's happening. Yeah. Because your film is sitting in an editing bay. And this is what, this is what we, uh, um, Nicole and Sean from Four Mile Circus told us, uh, and it's stuck in my head, that you got to remember that um, the average person doesn't know what goes into a film. Right. They don't know how the movie's made and the process. They really don't. And while to us it seems very banal and boring and mundane, oh, sitting up, look at that, there's another shot of the editing screen, oh, nothing interesting happening here. To us, yeah. that's the boring, long work. Yeah. You know, but to somebody who doesn't make films, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. This is his peek behind that curtain, and they right. and people want to see this. I'm not saying everybody does, no, but a lot of people do enjoy seeing that. Like, oh, that's really cool. Look what this is. You know, and then there's that other that other little thing where everybody likes to be like, everybody wants to be that person who can say, oh yeah, no, I saw that months ago. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, no, I know how they did that. Oh, I know how they did that. They want to be that person yeah. that has that little tidbit of information when talking to their friends that nobody else does. Mm -hmm. Like that band, Ghost. We've been listening to Ghost for years. Yeah. You know, we were listening to Ghost. We, we, we saw them 
second to the tour their second album yeah you know and now they're grammy winning and they're huge and they're all over the place and people like come to us and and they say oh man have you have you heard this band ghost i think you guys would really enjoy it yep i've seen them seven times already i'm gonna go see them number eight in december it's all and now you know something they didn't and that's just this cool little thrill it's that little geek thrill yeah you know give people give your audience that geek thrill. Yeah, the people that follow you, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're like, oh yeah, if you get big. I mean, we've had so many people buy a DVD from us because they're like, I want to say I knew you when. Exactly. Everybody wants to be able to do that. How many people do we know that, uh, hell, I waited for you. Perfect example. Mm-hmm. I don't know who this person is. Yeah. I have. I really don't know. I wish I did. Yeah. You know? But, we did I waited for you. Yeah. And I posted that Peter Joseph Lewis was doing the voice. Yeah. He shared the the thing. Right. And someone who's a fan of his yeah. commented on it. Oh my God, you're working with the mass grave people. I'm glad to see they're still working. Yeah. So obviously, whoever this girl is, yeah. she knew our work from a long time ago. Lord knows what. And somehow yeah. we fell off her radar. Yeah. And now through listening, knowing Peter Lewis's work, following yeah. him, seeing he's working with us. Holy shit. Yeah. You know, now when this movie comes out, she can say to her friends, oh, my God, I knew them. That I, I watched their stuff way back then. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I saw their movie and now they're doing this one with him. It's like, this is so cool. Yeah. She knows something a little bit more than the other Peter Lewis fans who are just learning about us. Yeah. You know, Well, I think it's also another thing, you know, that I, um, I'm kind of picking up now mm. um, is when you talk to other filmmakers. Yeah. Um, you're, you're letting them kind of, uh, have a conversation with you without ever, without realizing it. Cause I can't tell you how many people I've run into in the last you know month, mm-hmm. um, that are like, Oh, so I hear you're working on something new. Like just by seeing the picture, they know I'm working on this yeah. or like, Hey, I saw your monster. It looks doing. awesome. They you know, you know that yeah. process and they know, yeah. Oh wow. They're already in post. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it and it you know I mean even like we went to our friends uh, you know New York City premiere, mm-hmm. and I mean this is a larger movie The Ranger which if if it's in your area please go see it because it's amazing and Heather Buckley the producer of that is in Misunderstood Monster and she's just badass she's chick. the monster she's the monster <laughs> she's a badass chick so definitely support her because it, you know it's another female filmmaker which you guys know I love another women in horror Jen Wexler is the director. Um, so yeah, the ranger, check it out. Um, but even going there, you know, I'm kind of running into a couple of people I know here or there and it was like, Oh, Hey, (laughs) you know, I I see you guys are working on this. That's awesome. Can't wait to see it. Um, so it's a really great way of just kind of keeping up with also people in your network. And when you're at an event, Mm -hmm. now they have something to talk to you about. Yep. Because now I follow that, you know, we, you know. How often you go to a festival and you just, you don't know how to start a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but if you've seen them on social media, you saw, oh, hey, I saw your thing. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. You have, you have an in, you have a way of talking to them. Yes. Yeah. You have a reason to talk. To and them. they have a reason to talk to you. Yeah. Um, so it's a great conversation starter too. And it, it's building your network. You're still yeah. giving your network information on what you're up to, yeah. um, which I hadn't even thought about, even considered until it started happening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so hopefully by the time you get to post, you have, uh, you know, the idea for a poster design, you have well made images Mm -hmm. to start your poster. Um, you've started using your hashtags. So you just continue using that. Um, one of the things that we found hashtag edit selfie is actually a thing. Yes. (laughs) Um, yep. uh, I picked that up a couple of months ago. (laughs) Yep. It's a thing. Um, timeline, timeline selfie. Is that another one? What's a timeline one? Uh, I don't know. No, there's, there's a hashtag timeline something for the actual, you know, edit, whatever. Yeah. Edit timeline or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
huge ones to use as hashtag filmmaking life. Mm-hmm. Production um, life as well. Production life, set life is mm-hmm. for when you're in production and you're doing that. Set selfie is a thing. Yep. I actually learned that from Christian Moran. Mm-hmm. He was taking a hashtag set selfie. So I took a set selfie of him taking a self selfie. <laughs> <laughs> and then actually. Jesus, you're so meta. <laughs> oh my God, you're so meta. And then, you know, even Mike did one where I'm taking a picture of the camera recording the image. Yeah. And Mike took a picture of me taking a picture of the camera taking the film. It was very well. Inception selfie. It was in it was an Inception selfie, which is really cool. It's a cool image to have. Um, another great thing that we, you know we we have to get better about doing, which we've talked about, um, is actually creating tailor, uh, teasers or trailers for your social media, where you know you have thirty seconds or something. You know the limitation on Twitter or whatever mm-hmm. it is. You know actually edit something for that platform. time length and that yeah. platform, so you can share it around. Your your cast and crew can share it around. Yeah. Yeah, um, your, your Instagram stories and I'm assuming Snapchat stories, same thing. Yeah. They're 15 seconds. Yeah. So create a 15 second clip specifically for that. Yep. Then Instagram is a minute. Create a 30 second or a minute long one. Yep. You know, go to exactly what the specifications are and the, uh, again, Instagram, they're, they're on your profile. It's square. So you want a square image for that. For mm. the stories, you want a vertical image. For right. Instagram TV, you're going to make vertical images and make vertical uh, videos, you know? Um, so make specific things for each platform. And it can be the same thing. Yeah. You can totally just, you need... It, I think it would actually be interesting to have a square mm-hmm. on one and then to actually reveal more of the image as a vertical. Okay. Like that's that would be kind of cool. Be interestingly shot, but yeah. okay. Yeah, that would be kind of a cool thing to do. Um that's thank you for reminding the other thing I want to talk about where it's like, well Lindsay, I don't want to give away half my movie. Mm. You know, sharing it on social media. Guess what, guys? Instagram stories only last twenty four hours. So you're giving them that fleeting glimpse into your movie and then it's gone. Another thing I've maybe it's kind of I don't know if it's cynical. It's not really cynical, but it is a little bit how many people are really seeing it to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. I'm giving away parts of my story. Okay. You know how you know how when you watch a movie when you're sitting you're sitting there, you're watching you go to go to the movies. Yeah. A bunch of trailers in the beginning. Yeah. Oh man, that movie looks really good. You know? Then you go and you watch and like all the best parts were in the trailer. Or yeah. even worse, you see stuff in the trailer and then you go and see the movie and it's not in well, there. Well, <laughs> that's a whole other subject. But, you know, you see the trailer and you say, well, all the best parts were in the damn trailer. Mm-hmm. It got you to see the movie, though, didn't it? Yeah. You already paid for it, didn't you? Yeah. It's all that matters. Yeah. It's all that matters. It's a very cynical view of things, but that's exactly how they're seeing it. Yeah. Oh, maybe these are all the best parts. Well, if we hide the best parts, then, you know, and we keep it a secret, then there's nothing left to show. Yeah. You know? Like, maybe that is, that's it. The, these scenes you're seeing, that's all that there is to the movie. And a lot of the times, especially with a lot of horror films, mm-hmm. it really is. Yeah. Everything you saw in the trailer, those are the best parts. Yep. The rest of the movie is kind of crap. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if we had shown the other parts and not shown this, you wouldn't have seen the film. Yeah. You know? So you got to think of it that way. Like, maybe showing off a little bit, showing off some of this stuff. It's you way know, more fun. I said that like have, one of our other you episodes. You may have 10,000 followers on your on your page but a couple hundred at most are going to see it. Yeah. And the truth is out of your 10,000 followers, you want 50,000 people to see your movie. Mm. 
but only a couple hundred are going to see these images that you're giving things away. Yeah. You know, no, I'm not saying put images of the twist of your movie away, you know, but yeah, maybe you should show a little bit of your monster. We've for years, we've always kept a lot of things secret, but that because that's how I am as a filmmaker. Yeah. I like to keep things secret. I like to show very little. I cannot keep a secret you know? for my life. Yeah. But but that's also the style of my films. Mm -hmm. My the films I like build up to the build up to a reveal in the end. Yeah. is what I like to do. You know, so it's kind of like if I show that stuff, I'm literally giving away the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, um so it's on me while making the film to create interesting images throughout the course of the movie. Right. You know. Well, I mean, you you um, you like dropping breadcrumbs. Yeah. There's also something else um, similar to what uh, uh, what Buckley said that <laughs> what Buckley said that Larry Fessenden said. <laughs> this is the movie we're making right here. Yes. This is the moment. Um, get your gun. Get my gun. Mm -hmm. Get my gun mm -hmm. has a couple of spots like this yeah. where it's not giving anything away, but this image right here encapsulates capsules captures. Yeah the entire feeling yes. of the movie in this specific image. Yeah. It's not giving anything away. It's not telling you what it is. Totally out of context, you don't get it. Mm -hmm. You need to focus on getting a few shots of that, a yeah. few scenes of that in your film. I think Joe Joe Baden said the same thing. Yes. In his in his interview with us and our in, you know, where he said he wanted a couple of spots in the film that just this is this two minute sequence right here is Everything that I want you, I can, you know, I can yeah. give you this two minutes and you understand what type of movie you're about yeah. to watch. Yeah. You know, you need that in images as well. Mm -hmm. And you need to put, those are the sorts of things that you stick on your social media. Yeah. Those couple of pictures, you know, in Theta States, it was, I used uh, the demon girl disappearing. Mm -hmm. Okay. I put her walking and disappearing yeah. through in the trailer and then I got a shot of that, mm. of her mid-disappearing so she's translucent, but you can still see that she's there. And I put that yep. as a promo image. Yep. You know, and that that captures a good portion. Of, it, it, you know, it, and, it, and, it adds the supernatural. Hey, this yes. is a supernatural thing. This is this is the supernatural element. Exactly. And the other shot, too, that I also put in the trailer is later in that same exact scene <laughs> of, of the main character standing, walking through the bright door. Yeah. You know, and then I took an image of him standing in front of that bright door. And it shows that there's a mystery. Something is happening beyond here. There's something in that room. This is an important thing. And the character is making a journey toward this point. Yeah. And that captured the feeling that I wanted and the, in, in the, the mood of the film. Figure out what parts of your film have those shots that tell you a lot about the film without giving anything away. Right. And use those as your promo images and use that if you haven't taken set images, you know? Yeah. Uh, something that Buckley said about the Ranger that they're finding now, they're even, and this is, again, it's a budgeted film. They had, well, not huge budget, but, yeah. you know, more than what we've worked with in the past. And even they say, like, and, then, and, and uh, the truth is, a lot of these people, these are glass eye picks. Yeah. A lot of these people, they've been doing this for a long time, mm -hmm. you know? And even they feel we should have taken more pictures on set. Yeah. We're missing a lot of this. We're missing, oh man, if only we'd done this. So these are people who have been, they've been doing this 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And they still have a few moments where they're like, damn, I wish we did that. You know, Why I mean, didn't we do this? We know better. We know better. <laughs> and they're kicking them, and they kick yeah. themselves over it. Yeah. 
but it's just like you know whatever it happens yeah and you do what you can to make it and they're still they still made awesome posters out of it oh, they yeah. still so this is what i'm saying that's what i said earlier it's not like you can't do it no you know it's just a whole lot it's easier, easier. it's easier on you and it's yes. one less thing you have to fight with which is really yes that's the important thing to take yeah. away from that and i don't mean to give away secrets of the ranger over here but <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect example yeah. these are people that we know yeah you know people who we know who we look to and say we want to work on their level right you know and they're still coming across some of the same exact problems that we are and it's like makes me feel a little bit better yeah it makes me feel better that you but know it was what? it was great for us because you know we happened to have this conversation with her you know during pre-production yeah um so it was it and was something that stuck in my head mm -hmm. and and I was able to make these adjustments because she put it inside my head yep. um you know because another she said they had the problem so we, yeah yeah. We made sure that we we didn't have that problem, which yep. is something I probably wouldn't have considered if we didn't have that conversation. No, no we would we'd be I'd be yeah. sitting here right now yeah. making posters out of images because it's like, oh my god, I got to get another day together. We got to we got to find a location to shoot the actors. We you got to pay for the costume. makeup and we costume. Do another Ninety minutes of, of of monster makeup again, and oh my god, we got to set this whole whole other day up mm -hmm. between everybody's schedules again. Yeah. Oh god, what a pain in the ass. But no, everybody's here on set. Take twenty minutes and just. Shoot yeah. the damn pictures. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'll it, it's Honestly, worth the, the headache at the end. The only reason we were rushing, the only yeah. reason we rushed through it was because of the parking lot. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason yeah. we rushed through those photos because of the parking because lot. Because the parking lot is the film festival. Well, the film festival, not so much. No, not so much the film festival because Phil had already left. Yeah, that's true. Phil had, Phil already, had already left. We had already gotten the important people to the film yes, festival. Yes, Phil had already left early so he can get because it was his. We were getting film to him festival. to the church on time. It was a matter of the fact that we had three or four of our people yeah. who were in a parking lot and fifteen and within fifteen twenty minutes that parking lot, the cost of the parking lot was literally going to double because we crossed the eleven hour or the twelve hour mark. Yeah, that everybody was parked there. Yeah. So in twelve in in twenty minutes. Oh, the eight hour mark or whatever. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. It was like if they if as long as everybody was out before four o'clock, they were only paying like eighteen dollars yeah. for parking versus forty is, versus forty or forty five. Yeah. Exactly. So it was a matter of saving everybody, you know. Saving everybody 20, 30 bucks each. Another great thing about doing this social media thing is also, you know, the throwback Thursdays and uh, the, yeah. you know, flashback Fridays. And when your social media pops up and, 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 you know, I'm like now I'm getting it more and more where it's like four or five years ago, I'm having brain people things pop up. And now I have a reason to share my older projects. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's always uh, while we're in production while, while we're on yeah. a product, you know, and even when you're not doing anything, when you're just sitting there in, in production, in, in post-production hell and you're just like, mm -hmm. Oh God, I can't take another life selfie. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, you know, and all of a sudden then it's like, Oh, Hey, you made brain people five years ago. And it's like, Oh, Hey, cool. Let me share this. And then. Yeah. And the people who are following your new project who didn't yeah. know you before now see, Oh wow. They have these old movies. Let me go yeah. check them out. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's really it, it's really helping you build, you know, a, a following and, mm -hmm. and keeping your audience engaged. Yeah. Um, you know, one little thing I, I did want to add, which we got a little bit of advice. Um, you know, once you get into po into post, you know, you want to create a website. Um, we personally don't like to create websites for every single project that we work on. No. Um, it's much easier for us to run everything, as you guys know, from the Mass Grave page. Yeah. Um, I just for features we buy a domain and have and it forward. forward to the main page. It's just yeah, and then and then the main and then the page itself has a sub page yeah. of it. You know, yeah. Um, you know, we we maintain our own website. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've talked about it before. Squarespace, you know, it's it's much easier. They do have nice templates. It, it's pretty much drag and drop. It's pretty it simple. Um, you know, and as you see, we can host our podcast on it. This is not a special package. No, that we get. This is not like oh, some special packaging or pricing. We host the. No, nope, we don't pay. It's pay extra for our podcast. Nope, it's the regular. Now I'm sure that when we hit a couple twenty, Bandwidth, thirty, forty thousand yeah. downloads on a regular basis, yeah, they're going to be like, hey, you got to pay a little bit more yeah. for this. I'm sure, but. I have seen nothing about tiered pricing on anywhere on Squarespace's website. No. You know? And there's so many podcasts that run off of Squarespace that, you know? I yeah. mean, for God's sake, what's their name? Um, um, Star Talk Radio runs off of yeah. Squarespace. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I, and that's got... Yeah. I mean, that's a damn TV show and a podcast. I'm sure that's got hundreds of thousands of downloads every week. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, last week they had Katy Perry on the damn show. The single most followed person on Twitter. Really? Katy Perry is number one. Wow. She has, I think it's literally something like 200 million or 100 million followers. Right. She is the number one followed person on Twitter. That's crazy. Period. So if you don't think that her being on Star Talk mm-hmm. shot their numbers oh, up. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know? <laughs> No, people like your mom would listen to that. Like, okay, Perry's on this. Your mom records every episode that her favorite people are on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the yeah the, the, the number one person. On that's Twitter. crazy. I know. You didn't think that. I, right? I know. Katy Perry. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that might have changed since that. But even on the web on the show, they said you are the she is the number one person on Twitter. That might have changed since they recorded that. Right. But at the time, yeah. and that was when they did that reality show. Mm-hmm. That was what six months ago when they Something did that like reality that. show where they followed her for seven days. Yeah. Neil Tyson is on that because he interviewed her during that week. Oh, that's cool. So six months ago, she was the number one person on Twitter. Right. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. Um. Yeah. So anyway, back to the website. Yeah. Sorry. Um. No, it's fine. Um. So when we were at Life, you know, we, you know, we still owe you guys these, these panels that we did, and I'm slowly trying to organize my notes. Um, but one of the little tidbits, you know, because, uh, you know, we had this exact same conversation at the Long Island, um, Long Island International Film Festival. Film Expo. Film Expo, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, Life, E. Life. You need an E in Life. E. e. It's not Lift. Um, anyway. So uh, one of the little tidbits there, you know, because, you know, you're having this conversation where, you know, filmmaking is not just making the movie. Um, and so, you know, we, there was a lot of first time filmmakers, people interested in making their first films. And they were kind of like, I don't want to make a website. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Can I pay somebody to do this? And mm-hmm. y- yes, you absolutely can. You can hire a PR firm. You can hire a production services company. You can hire four Mile Circus. Um, four Mile Circus, friends of ours. Uh, they do that as well. You can go back in our archive and listen to our episode with them and yeah. go back in their archive. They have a podcast as well. Yeah. You can hear us on their podcast. Hooray. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, you, you can hire somebody to do this. But the, the dangers of doing that, which I, I hadn't even thought of, but this line producer, you had an excellent point where you kind of have to think before you let somebody else design yes. your website or come up with a social media plan for you. You know, because a lot of this is feeding back. It, it, it's it's like the, what is that? The snake that eats its own tail? Ouroboros. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was really weird. Okay. 
so yeah, a lot of the times your images, your social media, your website, your graphic design is feeding into the visuals of your film. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to have a clear vision before you bring somebody else on to do it before you. You have to have all this stuff designed yes. and planned out before. Yeah. So yeah. you still have to make it all. Yeah. Before that. Now, I mean, you can hire an artist to do it, but you have to tell this artist what it is you want. You have to give them direction. Yeah. You have to direct things. There's, and there's, there's an episode of um, Silicon Valley hmm. where they do that. Um, Gavin Belson is releasing, you know, this server, this right. new server, and he wants their, he wants their, okay, they had the, the one, the two. You know, now the new one is coming out. Well, what's going to be different from the from the new? It's nothing, nothing. It's the same damn thing. We're just re-releasing it under a new title. Yeah. Well, what the hell? So they're going to call it the Gavin Belson signature box, mm -hmm. and they literally want his signature on it. So this is yeah the new one, you know, um, and he says, well, let's hire an artist. To do your own signature? Yes. <laughs> that's literally the look. That's, wait, what? <laughs> yes, let's get an artist in here and let's get some. And they hire like five different artists to do different versions of his signature. Wow. You know? And then he finally, I love it. I love it. I love it. He picks the one and goes in and goes out there. And everybody's looking at it because it looks like a giant dick. It's the G <laughs> and then the B. Yeah. <laughs> There's the G on one end I and a B on another. I can see how that could happen. Yeah, you know, and it literally looks like a, a, a cock and balls. Yeah. And everybody's like, are you kidding? And he's like, I love it. It's beautiful. And he doesn't see the image, <laughs> which is, you know, indicative of the type of person he is. Right. You know, his name is suddenly a giant cock and yeah. it's like, yes, you know, compensating yeah. much. Yeah. You know? But he's literally a dick. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the point of that is is that even something like that mm -hmm. is designed by someone. Yeah. You know, and he had to go through these multiple artists for what signature is going to be his mm -hmm. rather than using his own damn signature. Right. You know, and because of his own naivete and his just own ego, he's not realizing his name is now literally a cock on right. the side of, on the side of his signature server box. Right, right. You know, and that's the sort of mistake that can be made. You know, when you just let someone else mm -hmm. design this without having your personal vision in there. Right. So you have to think of that. For I know it's a bit of a roundabout way. No, no, it makes but perfect it's sense. So yeah. like, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Like they need to know exactly what you're thinking and what you're seeing. Otherwise, like. And we had the poster with 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 Joe Robinson. Mm -hmm. You know, um, his style is very collagey, and he wanted he's always wanted to do something grindhouse and old old school '80s style. And I said, well, that's what I want. Yeah, I want a main central image of this, and then go to town mm -hmm. on it. Right. But I want that '80s look. I want it to look like a VHS cover. Yeah. And I put him within those parameters. Mm -hmm. You know, and he nailed it. Yeah, he did because he knew what I wanted. If I just gave him the movie and said, "Dude, let me just give me something," right? I would have probably gotten a classic Joe Robinson image, which probably would have been gorgeous with all the image, all the, all the characters' yeah, faces. But it wasn't right for the movie because nobody knows who these characters are. Yeah. Nobody knows who the actors are. They don't mm. know who these people are. They don't know anything about the movie. No. So you need an image that's going to tell you what this movie is and what's what's the movie. It's a slasher film. Good. Put the damn killer on the cover. Right. Put some blood on his knife and the house. Yeah. That, that he's now going to stalk these right. girls into. Perfect. You got the whole movie right there. Right. You need to have all these in mind. Um, oh, yeah. So I uh, just Ramble. wanted to... No, Sorry. it's fine. No, one <laughs> one thing you wanted to mention, uh, I did want to mention. Um, 
we talked about them earlier, the Four Miles Are Guests. Now, uh, he just made his first feature. Yeah. And one of the cool things he's oh, doing. he's doing great. Oh, man, I yeah. love the things he's sharing. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, just, sorry. That's it. I'm just um, saying it's so what you're what you're talking. It's so cool the things that they're doing. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things he's doing is he has this uh, blog that he's he's running mm-hmm. called Making Meme. Meme is the name of his movie, um, and he's actually um, documenting, going back and documenting his process of making the film. Yep. Um, so one of the first the first part of it is what do you do after your uh, social media uh, your social your crowdfunding campaign has failed. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he, you know, now he's, it's a way of keeping his movie mm-hmm. in the public interest between film festivals, which we all know can be quite painful waiting between each screening where you have these like bursts of activity and then you go into, into, you know, three months waiting for somebody, yeah. wait, three months of waiting through no's yeah. and rejections until you get another acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know, you submit to 70 festivals, you get into five of them, yeah. you submit to 70 festivals over, you know, a year's time, you get into five of them. Okay, if you get one screening a month, that's still, you know, seven seven or eight months out of the year that's having no screenings yeah. of your film. So what do you do? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's doing this blog. It's really interesting. I'm enjoying following following it. Mm. Um, I think he releases it on a biweekly or was it once Something a month? Like I, don't, I don't know how, how frequently he's releasing it, but definitely check it out. It's definitely interesting, and I think it's, it's, it's really mm-hmm. great to have that honesty. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, yeah they, definitely they're, they're check that out. They're very similar to us in that. If you yeah. check out the Four Mile Circus podcast, definitely check them out. They're very similar to us, and they like that honesty. They like to just tell you, hey, guess what? We fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we got to fix it. Yeah. They, they, Sean, Sean and Nicole are very mm-hmm. open like that. So if you, if you, if you like us, they, you like, you'll like them too. And they've been doing this a little bit longer than us too. So maybe yeah. they're a little better at it. I don't know. I don't know. They do trivia, so yeah, they do, if you they, like trivia, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, they kind of treat it like a circus. Yeah, we're a lot, they're a lot more fun than we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, another really cool thing I wanted to mention, and this is the last thing I promise, guys. Um, really interesting hashtag that went through the, through the I don't even, Twitter, whatever, Twitterverse, um, was hashtag share your rejection, um, which was really cool. A lot of people who are, who are larger um, were sharing sort of the time that they'd got a no or were rejected um, and where they've gone since then. So really, if you're feeling one film, uh, was it one filmmaker? Was it Joe Bodden again? He had a whole stack of rejections. No, 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 Joe Bodden. No. Who was it? It was, there was this one filmmaker, big filmmaker. Now that I think about it, yes. And I'm thinking about the story is a big, a big name filmmaker who had, um, because back then Mm -hmm. all the rejection letters would come in the mail. Yeah. Oh, that's so horrible. Yeah. So he would... Yeah, exactly. Because you imagine that you get mail from a film festival. Oh, my God, you're all excited. You go and you open it, and it's a rejection. It's even worse. Like, email, at least it's, like, right there. Yeah. You know, now you, you can have, preview it. Yes. Now you have, like, a physical copy of your it's rejection. It's like going back to your college acceptance letters mm-hmm. when you, like, kind of, like, have to, like, hold it up to the light and see if you see, unfortunately, yeah. or congratulations is the first word. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he had... He had... Uh, he's a filmmaker famous now i don't know if you search for it i guarantee you'll find him on on google you'll find us do a google search but um he had something like 200 Hmm. rejections for his screenplay yes i remember this story now i cannot remember who it is but yeah he had like you know the remember you know those old um it was like a finished pile stick yeah yeah that you would 
put it through, mm-hmm. you'd take the page and literally stab it through. Yeah. And you'd end up with a pile of them. And he had it on the wall. Like, he had mounted it on the wall, and he took the rejection letters and just kept sticking them yeah. into this this spike. Yeah. And he ended up with, like, 200 rejection letters hanging off the wall. And it was like, he's like every single day he woke up and looked at it. And it was one more thing that got him to work harder, mm-hmm. looking at all of that. And now he's like a big yeah. director or writer, whatever. I, I can't think of who the hell he is right now. But he's huge. And yeah. you know who he is. And you've seen his movies. And they're amazing. And you say to yourself, this guy had 200 rejections on yeah. one screenplay? Mm-hmm. You've got to be kidding. He might even be a novelist for all I know. I know, you know, yeah. maybe he got 200 rejections on, on publishing. Yeah. I don't know. No. But it's a big name. Yeah. But yeah, know. no, definitely. You know, I, I I think it's a lot. It, it's very helpful, mm-hmm. and that that people were actually that brave enough to step up and actually share. Yep. And um, it's very motivational. Where it's you know, uh, you know, everybody has has been told the word no at least once. Yep. So. Or a hundred times. Or a hundred times. Or two hundred times. Uh-huh. I mean, average average film festival acceptance is. 20 to 30 percent you're going to get into one out of three or one out of four festivals so if you submit to 100 festivals you get into 20 that's good good ratio right there you know so don't get totally discouraged by that but uh but your marketing can help that because that's something else that festivals look at as well they want to see that you're promoting they want to see that people are following it they want to see that you've put the work in to get your film out there yeah. They don't want to see like, I, 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 and we know festival directors who said this is a great movie, but I k- literally can't find these filmmakers on social media at all. Yeah. You know, like the website they sent me to didn't work. Uh, I got it's a great movie, but I can't even contact them. Yeah. You yeah. know, because there are some people that sometimes your 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 acceptance letter from a festival literally goes into your spam box. Or sometimes it gets caught in now that Google Google has those tabs. Yeah. It gets in the promotions tab. Yeah. yeah. You know? And you just you look at those, you see forty or fifty I wake up every morning and there's gotta be sixty or seventy new mm-hmm. emails in that promotions tab. Yeah. I cleared it out about four hours ago. I could probably look at it right now. I guarantee there's about twenty sitting there right now. You know? Just promotional things that are sitting in that tab. Yeah. Sometimes the film festival's letter gets in, goes into that, yeah. and you don't notice it amongst fifty or sixty, you know, promo promo emails, and you delete it, and you have no idea you've been accepted to this festival. Right. You know, so sometimes they're like, "Well, we sent them the letter. He never responded. He, she, whatever. The filmmaker never responded. Mm-hmm. I went to their website. Their website doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I go to their Facebook page. They haven't updated it in six months. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, like." A film, a festival director is literally—they're not chasing down mm. every single filmmaker. Yeah. They're just not. I've gotten plenty of emails that say, "Well, if we don't hear from you within, within this or within by a this certain time. amount of time, yeah. then your film is." If is, you haven't sent me a copy of your film by this day, yeah. you're, you may not play. You're not going to play exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's—and if you didn't get that email, mm-hmm. you have no idea, and you just got bumped out. Yeah. You know, um, but if your website is up and working. And your Facebook or your Instagram or your Twitter or whatever social media you put on with your submission is active. All they got to do is post on your page and know that you're going to see it. Yep. You know, but they're not going to post on your page if they see you haven't touched it in six months. Right. They're just not like, well, they obviously don't use this. So and they obviously don't care. I mean, unfortunately, that's what they think. That is how they think. When you've got 200 other 200 other. Yeah. 
uh, 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 acceptance letters or, you know, even 50 other acceptance letters that you sent out and every one of them is active except for you, obviously they don't care as much as the rest of them. Yeah. These other guys, these other filmmakers are putting the extra effort in. They deserve the screening. Yeah, which also reminds me, I'm, I'm like, again, I'm just, cynical, but yeah. it's cynical, but it's um, true. Film Freeway is running a great series. Um, why isn't your film getting getting us up to the film festivals? Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, it's been a two-parter. I don't know if they're going to continue more, mm-hmm. but it's twelve points. It's written by a festival director, mm-hmm. and it's twelve points of what he evaluate what he uses to evaluate a film. Okay. Um, so, really great article to look at as well. And that's it. That's my. Now we're totally off subject. My wisdom bomb. Yeah, you're totally off. Well, subject. no, they do. They do. He does talk about no, your know, activity I of know, your but, account. But you're not even going to tell them what they are. You're going to make them go find the article. Good Listen, for you. That's right. Hustle, <laughs> hustle, y'all. I can share the information. I can't right. spoon feed it. Take us out. Oh, I hate doing the outro. You always, I, I always do it. I hate the outro. So what? Okay, so this has been the Filmmaking Sucks podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, at Massgrave, Massgrave and at Massgravet. Um, follow us on Instagram at, at MGP Director and at Massgravet again. Uh, follow us on Facebook at the Filmmaking Sucks podcast. Facebook is Filmmaking Podcast. Facebook.com slash Filmmaking Podcast. Oh, well, thank you. Um, Join the indie filmmaker community that we share with the, we moderate with the guys from Making Movies is Hard, Just Do a Podcast, and the NimPods. Um, go to productionnext.com slash filmmaking sucks. Um, check out the deal you can get there. Um, and as always, listen to Horror Happens Radio Show with JK. For all of your film, horror film festival needs, mm-hmm. that is the go to source. Um, he also has a he also has a community a genre film festivals around the world. I think yeah, it's called. I think so. I think that's the name of it. it's it's a community page that he has, where he's literally trying to curate and get all of the genre festival um, programmers, directors, people who run mm-hmm. genre film festivals in this group with filmmakers so that you can directly connect with them you and and, and these film fe- and the, these film festivals can post there when they have their deadlines coming up what they're looking for you know yeah. uh, if they have a special promotion if they ha- anything yeah. he's literally creating a community trying to connect filmmakers directly to the film festival directors and programmers. Which is just awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's called Genre Film Fests Around the World, I think it's called. Yep. So either way, find JK on Facebook and Horror Happens Radio Show and you'll find it. You'll find that page. Now, it's it's a great resource that he's starting up. It's it's in its infancy right now. Mm-hmm. Get on there right now because if when introduce when, yourselves because the yes. the longer you're in there and the more people know you, the better your your name is recognized and the more relationships you can build. Yeah, and the fact that there's only a couple hundred people in there right now, mm-hmm. and I mean literally about two or three hundred people signed up right now. Yeah. The few festival directors that are on there will actually see your posts. Right. When there's 10,000 people on there, mm-hmm. you know, a year or two from now, when there's a couple thousands of people on there, your posts may get lost in there. So the few festival directors that are on there, you're one of the few that are there with them. Oh, yeah. So here's a really great example you just reminded me of. Mm-hmm. Um, we met uh, Skip Shea, who runs the Shauna Shea Film mm-hmm. uh, Festival, which is a great one. Definitely check that one out. Um, but we met him when we were at Buff with JK. Yeah. And uh, he just happened to capture our, our names. And we had just actually recently submitted 
Theta States to that film festival. So he read our name off our submission. Then he met us in person. Mm -hmm. And then he sat there for a minute and said, those names seem familiar. Why does that name seem familiar? He went back at his festival, found your name, and then actually looked at, you know, yeah. Looked at the looked into the film to find out what it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, so your name, putting yourself out there, does to get your name out there, and it can help you in the little ways such as that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I'm calling it, though. So yeah, follow us on Stitcher, any of your pod catching apps. Um, really cool. I just checked out. We have 66 followers on Podbean. Yeah, we're growing. Very, very exciting. Um, you know, drop us a line. And contact us at uh, filmmakingsucks at gmail.com. Go through the website. We do get all of the inquiries from there. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible at keeping up with them. I do my best. I'm terrible at responding to things. So <laughs> We'll get to you eventually. Yes, I've seen your email. I just oh, I try to respond to everybody individually, but I just I'm just horrible. I'm a horrible person. I'm horrible. Okay then. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you know, go to your go to your podcast app and give us you know a review. Get our name out there. Help us get our name out there. Yeah. Awesome. That's gonna do it this week for filmmaking sucks. I uh, hope you got something out of this. So get, get out, out there, there and, and make, make your, your films. Film.